Hey everybody and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay and it's van day number two, but praise God we're rejoicing that we have made it to Luke chapter number 10. And so as we prepare ourselves to enter into a missionary journey of short duration from Jesus sending out the 70 and 2, let us turn to the Lord and ask His blessing upon our study today. Father, we are grateful. We do thank you for everything we've been able to do, for everything that you have done through us, with us, and for us. Lord, we pray in this moment that we would receive of thy word, that we would lay aside the insanity of our days, and that we would just simply rejoice in your presence. We thank you and praise you for all that you are and for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, this day, amen. As I say, welcome back to the mobile office, and we are in Luke chapter number 10. We will be beginning in verse number 1. We're going to be reading about the short-term missions trip that Jesus sends his disciples out on. One of the reasons why I firmly believe that, that Jesus was not just surrounded by the twelve is because in, in moments like this where you see that Jesus has 70 plus individuals that he's going to send out to do missions work. And, and so um, alongside of those 12, you have a, a great amount, 60 more people that are following Jesus. And when you, when you consider the size of the average church in the United States today as being between, uh, between say, 50 and 100 people, and you look at the disciples or the crowd that, that was faithful and regular to following Jesus, it's about right when you consider that that uh, Jesus' church, essentially, as he was building the church through the 12 apostles and these disciples that he was, that he was leading, is a church of about 60 or 72 as it was. So that's kind of cool when you think about how things work out as the Bible reveals them. In Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, we'll read down about these missionary journeys to verse number 12. And the scripture says, After these things the Lord appointed other seventy also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place, whether he would find himself to come. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Carry neither purse nor scrip nor shoes, and salute no man by the way. And into whatsoever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if the Son of Peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn to you again. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. And into whatsoever city you enter and they, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you and heal the sick that are therein, 
and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. But into whatsoever city you enter, and they receive you not, go your ways into the streets of the same, and say, Even the very dust of your city which cleaveth upon us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come near unto you. But I say unto you, that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Very, very powerful teachings that Jesus gives to us today as concerning the, the connection here is in his promise. This is an appointment of 70 apart from this James and John. He was just finished talking to over in Luke chapter number 9. If you recall, the city that rejected Jesus as they had gone forward to prepare at Samaria, it was James and John that, that were so adamant and so angry about this that they came to the Lord and they said, Look, uh, why, why don't we just call down fire from heaven and just burn this place to the ground? And Jesus said, You don't understand the reason for why I've come. He said, I came to save the world and men's lives, not to destroy them. Well, that's the exact point that Jesus made down here when you look at verse number 12, or verse number 11, rather. Uh, the scripture shows that Jesus, while he was instructing what the the two-by-two two groups of his disciples are supposed to do, he says that in whatever city you enter and they don't receive you, go your way out into the city. That's exactly what Jesus did, if you recall in Luke 9, about Samaria. He didn't stand there and fight. He didn't, he didn't argue. He didn't... He didn't throw down as it was as they rejected him. He simply just left that city and went to another city, which is what he's instructing here. So Jesus is the kind of leader that is not going to tell you to do something that he hasn't already done or that he isn't willing to do or that he hasn't done before and, and, and isn't able to do it at the moment. So Jesus is a hands-on leader. So he tells these guys, that if, if you come into a city that isn't going to receive your message, that isn't interested in you, just to go your way out of the city into the streets of the same, but this is what you're supposed to tell the people that have rejected you. He says, even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. However, this is very important to understand. However... Be sure of this. In other words, this is a promise that's given to you even if you don't deserve it, even if you have rejected it and don't believe it. You see, Jesus didn't just come for those who believe in him. Jesus came for those who don't believe in him. Even the ones who are denying God and rejecting the truth of Scripture still belong to God as he taught in Ezekiel chapter number 18 and verse number 4, all souls belong to me. And so... Nevertheless, even though we wipe the dust off against you, even though because of your desire we will leave you alone, understand this one thing, that the kingdom of God is so close to you. And right now, the, even to this modern day, the kingdom of God is so close to those who, who will, will trust in Jesus. I mean, he's just right there. He's right with us. The message of the gospel is, is ready for your ears and it's right there for you if you will receive it. 
And so he said, the kingdom of God is near to you. But understand, this is something that Jesus did himself. So as he's instructing his disciples here on the way in which they should go and share the gospel, he's explaining that there are going to be people in our lives that are going to reject this message. There are going to be people who don't want us to be around them or to be near them. There are going to be people who who are frustrated and, and, and angry, and at the time when we come to them, they're not going to receive us well. Even though we're knocking the dust off of our feet and walking away from them, it doesn't mean that God has left them alone. Remember that the word of God never returns unto him void. And so even when they don't want to hear what we have to say, we're still to give them that one very special truth is that even though we're leaving you, and, and we're not going to be able to give you this gospel because you have rejected it. It's still there. It's still waiting for you. It's still calling out your name and, 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 and bidding you to come. The spirit and the bride say, come. And he that calls, calls for you to come. Taste of the bread of life. Drink of the fountain of the waters that never run dry. Come to the kingdom of God for it is near you. And interestingly enough, uh, Jesus goes on to instruct his disciples as a point of encouragement, by the way, that you go do what I've called you to do and be faithful in it. And when people do reject you, because there are going to be people that just don't want to hear this message. So when people do reject you, understand that it's going to be worse in the day of of judgment for that city than it was for even Sodom. And, and of course, is a, a review of the Old Testament. You remember that Sodom, both and Gomorrah, because of their treachery and wickedness of the, the city, the heart of the city, I should say, uh, God burned them to the ground with a, with a fire from heaven like hail that just completely devoured the cities. And Jesus is saying those those cities today that, that will not receive you, that will reject you, or those people who push you away and reject your message and will not have you uh, break friendship with you and, and turn on you because you've, you've become this Christian that's sharing the gospel and it makes no sense to them and you're offensive to them then you'll you'll find that the beauty of this exists inside of the Jesus's promise not to fall back not to become silent not to let the world have its power over you but to trust that anyone who rejects you or any area that pushes you away is going to to have a worse judgment come upon it than even Sodom did in its day so take courage, saints of the Lord, and serve him with all of your might because he has made promise that he'll take care of you. Just like the apostles were, were given leave to go forth, you remember Jesus first, back a couple of chapters near six, Jesus first sends the 12 apostles. Now, the very point of this is, is that as he chose those 12 to be his personal disciples, the apostles, he called them, or what this word meant was ambassadors, 
then those 12 were sent out first so that they would be a people trained on how to share the gospel, how to go out into the community and disseminate God's word so that when Jesus here in Luke 10 gins up the 70, generates the 70, gets them ready, he, he already has those 12 dedicated disciples that could work from among the 70 to encourage and help and guide them. So that's a very important point that you'll find. As we come down, uh, the same rules apply to these, these particular disciples as they did to the 12 that had already gone in, in the principle of going in their ways. Now, very important, in this 70, they're not all going to one community. That's kind of foolish, right? These 70 are from a lot of different areas. They grew up in a lot of different places, little towns all around each other. Jesus would be traveling from town to town to town and, and, and speaking, and people began following him wherever he's going. So as he sends these out, he says, go your ways. Now, keep in mind, the Great Commission says, go unto all the world, preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to every creature as we tie Luke and Matthew together. Well, as he says here, go your ways, there are going to be some directions that are going to be more familiar to some of the 70 than to the others. And likewise, all of the 70 have a particular direction of walking that is going to be more familiar to them. And so Jesus is going to send you to the places that are most familiar to you. He's going to send you into your families. He's going to send you into your friends. He's going to send you into your co-workers and into your schoolmates and into your or your classmates and, and, and those, those people that you're familiar with. Jesus is going to send you in the direction that you are naturally going. And the only thing that's going to change about that direction that you're naturally going in is that now you're called to bring the gospel into that direction. In the conversations you have on breaks, and the conversations you have at lunch, and the conversations you have in school, and the conversations you have uh, wherever you are, I mean, whatever you're doing, in the reports that you have to write for school and all kinds of different things, that, that could come out, this is where Jesus now is going to work through you as it is your way to be able to get the gospel into the lives of people that I may never meet. I was just having a conversation with some folks last night about this very point is that there are lots of people that you guys are familiar with that I've never known, that I will never know. And praise God, those are the people that he has, God himself, has prepared you to go and reach. So with the teachings that you receive here from the Preacher's Corner and the, the, the messages that are preached on Sunday and the, and the Shabbat school we have on Friday, all of these things for these last five years are all preparation that God has given the availability to you to be able to have so that you are a prepared people with the Word of God to be able to take on your way and, and, and in your way, as he said, in your way, you can share the gospel with those people that need it desperately, the saved as well as the lost. I know plenty of saved people that are have lost their path. They, they need to be 
uh, brought back or drawn back to Jesus, it's not that they're lost and, and their eternal destination is hell, but but they've just gotten off course. They've they've stopped coming to church. They've stopped uh, communicating with church people. They've they've isolated themselves. They're off in a corner. And praise God, Jesus is going after them as well as he's going after the lost. He's going after those who are wayward. And 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 the only way he can reach them is you. <laughs> That's the only way he can reach them. So we see that this is short-term in its missionary scope because he goes and he tells us that we're not going to carry a purse, we're not going to carry a script, we're not going to carry shoes. We're not, you know, we're, we're, we're just, we're specific to the task that Jesus has given us. Now, the point of salute no man by the way. That word by right there is a beautiful word in Greek because it carries a meaning. It, it carries several meanings, actually, but this word by can also be the word from. It's a synonym to the word from. So if you consider that, it says salute no man from the way. In other words, don't get off course. You know, you're, you're going to this village to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then someone starts calling for you and pulls you off the path that you're walking and distracts you from the work that you're supposed to be doing. You're standing there talking to a friend, and you know that the goal that Jesus has in your life is to share the gospel with anybody you can come into conversation with. And so you you purpose yourself to share the gospel with this person, but then they start talking to you about something that you enjoy. You totally forget to share the gospel and walk away from them, having never given them the gospel. There are so many different ways in which you can see that Jesus is saying, salute no man by the way or from the way, keeping you from doing what you're supposed to do. Keep in mind, this word way is also also spoken of Jesus as he taught us in John chapter number 14 and verse number six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Well, the concept here. I am the way. Salute no man by the way. In other words, don't get off track of the path that I've placed you on. If you're going to talk to this person, share with them the gospel. And the house that you enter, uh, verse number five, first, first say, peace be to this house. Provide a blessing to the house. After all, you're coming in to share the gospel with it, and that is the greatest blessing, whether they acknowledge it or not. So he says, share, you know, peace be to this house. Now, in verse number six, if the family, if the house receives the gospel and with joy has you as a guest in their home, which means if the son of peace be there, you see where two or three are gathered together in his name, he'll be in the midst of them. If you're there in his name and the family rejects him, then his peace cannot be upon them. But if you're there and the family is glad that you've come and receives you, then they have received Jesus and he can be able to teach them the Son of God is in their midst. And so if the Son of Peace, in verse 6, be there, then your peace shall rest upon the house. But if you've been rejected, if the son of peace is not welcome there. 
then bring you know just keep it with you and if they throw you out praise god or if they sit there and listen to you in a hostile environment just do the work that the lord's given you the time that you've got to do it when they tell you it's time to leave hop up walk out knock the dust off of your feet just as we said at the very beginning of this knock the dust off of your feet having no worries that indeed we have served the king and so it comes down a little bit further and he says, in, in the same house remaining, eat and drink such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Very important point here. The laborer is worthy of his hire, but listen to what Jesus had to say. And in the same house remaining, eating and drinking such things as they give. Now, um, is Jesus violating the law in this point, or is he teaching a missionary the importance of his work apart from the the uh, restrictions that he may be bound to? This is kind of important to understand. I've been to Burundi. I've shared the, the teaching about the uh, the things that I ate while I was there. Uh, you don't ask questions because if you do you're going to get answers you might not want to have them but one thing i can tell you is that the the fish dish that i ate there uh, the fish were smiling at me as i was putting them in <laughs> we ate them whole hallelujah and and the, don't get me wrong everything was was beautiful and it was good and it was well cooked and everything else but yeah, you're going to get some interesting foods when you're out in the bush uh, doing missionary work. And the important thing, and Jesus is teaching these disciples the important thing, is let's say these guys, they enter into a house of a Roman. What's well, very possible that they may be fed uh, something that is considered by Mosaic law and the dietary sections as unclean. They might be fed pork. They might be fed uh, something that is with a cloven hoof, a goat, or, or, or something of that nature. And Jesus is telling them, literally, I mean, the Son of God is giving a command that you eat and drink such things as they give. So is he violating himself? Well, the answer is no. Jesus has the authority to be able to, to give this as a commandment, for he is the Mosaic he is the very word of God itself and so he's not violating himself he's teaching these disciples what it means to be a missionary and to go into such lands with the grace of God and to share the salvation that comes through grace not from the keeping of the law such as not eating things that are considered by Mosaic laws unclean that doesn't save you from, from spiritual death. I mean, obviously, if you eat too much unclean stuff, you become unclean and you die quicker. But that's all beside the point. It isn't a matter of salvation of, the, of, of eternal consequence. <clears throat> and so it, it is for us to proclaim the gospel regardless of what's put on the table and to be appreciative of those things blessed us so that we can continue blessing them, them with the gospel. That's the importance. And so he says, 
the same from house to house is the same from the city that you enter in. If you are well received, stay there and, and preach the gospel. One of the prime examples of this happened in, in the Danville area as I was working with Pastor Manuel Rodriguez with, with La Primera Iglesia Bautista down there. Well, let's see, it was uh, De Rivermont. La Mission Bautista de Rivermont down there in, in Danville. And as we would go to a house, the people would speak with us, and but you knew that you weren't being received. You weren't invited in. You were just at the door, and we moved on about our way. But when we entered into a house and we were re received by being able to go in, and we sat down and we would have a Bible study, and the family would be appreciative of that to invite us to come back again, we, we regularly, every week, we would find ourselves going to that house. And, and from week to week, as we would establish these Bible studies at those houses, we were faithful to continue going to those houses. We didn't go from house to house at that point. We went to that particular house because it's where the gospel is going to begin in its journey of reaching that neighborhood. With this one family growing in the Lord and coming to a connection of faith in Jesus Christ through the Bible studies in their home, they have a connection with the whole community that the gospel then can go from that home into that community and you can win souls for Christ. And so you focus not from house to house, but you focus in, the, in those places where, where the acceptance of study is appreciated so that you can help that, that particular family grow because that family is going to know families that they can reach, and that is important. The same with the city that you enter into. As that city be open to receiving the gospel, then you stay there and you proclaim the gospel until it is time that Jesus moves you on. And so this is a very powerful point that we receive from Jesus today. But the last thing I want to I remind you is that those people, those houses, and those cities that that would not receive the gospel, that would reject the teachings of Christ. These aren't places where we stick around and fight. The, the point of Jesus is not to stick around and fight because the more we fight, the farther away from God we push people. We are called just like Jesus did when they said, we don't want you here in Samaria. Jesus just, just knocked the dust off of his feet and went a different way. He didn't stick around and fight with them because... That's going to do nothing but cause a greater turmoil within the city and, and a sharper division between this people that he's trying to reach from God whom he's trying to bring them to. And by the way, he says that the kingdom of God has come near to you. So understand that it's always there and it's waiting. It's just going to take the right person to speak to you. Well, nevertheless, there is that warning that if they never repent, then it would be much more tolerable tolerable in the day for Sodom than it would be for that city. Now we go to a woe that is proclaimed as we move to verse number 13. We go to a woe that is proclaimed upon the cities that refuse to repent, the unrepentant peoples. And he goes on from 13 to 16 and he proclaims, Woe unto you, Chorazin! Woe unto you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works have been done that had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which had been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. 
but it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in, at the judgment day than for you. And you, Capernaum, which are exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. Now, keep in mind that, that the church of Capernaum is, is uh, by the way, is going to be a church that's built there, and, and that's also going to come back to play in Revelation. But he said, and you, Capernaum, which are exalted to heaven, it's a very fancy and affluent city, uh, gorgeous in every way with every possible desire that you could have, so exalted in, in the day of life, and yet you'll be thrust down to hell in the day of death. He that, hear, he that hears you hears me, and he that despises you despises me, and he that despises me despises him that sent me. Now, the connection, the chain, the reality of who you are as a disciple of Jesus Christ, but also who you are as a missionary of the king. When you bring the gospel to the life of someone and they hear you, praise God, they have heard Jesus. Now, it's not because you are in the place of Jesus, not at all. But the gospel is the word of God. The gospel is the words of Jesus. It isn't your words. And so as you come to others, you bring the gospel because it isn't about you. It's about them being connected to God's word so that faith can be born by the hearing of Jesus' word and praise God, salvation can come from that. Now, I'm not discounting your testimony that the way that God has saved you, but your testimony alone is not sufficient for their souls to be saved. Your testimony is something that can help lead them, but the word of God must be proclaimed to them order for them to truly know the King of Kings and be convicted by the Holy Spirit. And so those that hear your message of the gospel and those of you who are listening to Jesus today from the preaching of his word in this particular podcast or broadcast, you hear Jesus because it is his word that I am teaching. It is his word that I am sharing with you. And he said, he that heareth you heareth me. Now, if you reject this message, if you despise preachers, you despise the word of God, you can't stand your quote-unquote religious family members that drive you nuts as they keep trying to tell you about Jesus. If you despise this message or the person who brings you this message, you despise Jesus, which you could probably relate to. You say, yeah, I don't want to hear about it. But if you despise Jesus, you despise the one who sent Jesus. Ultimately, your creator, you despise God himself. So, well, I believe in God. I just don't know if it's all this hoopla about Jesus. You know, I believe in God, but Jesus was just a man. Well, understand what Jesus is saying. If that's your direction and that like Orthodox Judaism or, or other groups, that's your direction and that's what you're going to say, then be advised. It is the very God that you claim to believe in that is going to judge you and reject you in the last days because you've rejected salvation. And that's exactly what Jesus' name is. Yeshua means salvation in Hebrew. And so, 
Proceeding, we find the return of the 70 and 2. They've gone out. They've been on their journey. And the 70 returned again in verse number 17 with joy. Hallelujah. What it's like to serve the Lord. You know, there's so many people that have no joy in the house of God because they're waiting for God to tell them something to do when all they'd have to do is go over to their neighbor's house and share the gospel. Go down to their, their, their family's house and share the gospel. You know, sitting at the break table at, at, at a break time, at, at lunchtime, at work, and just share a track or talk to somebody about Jesus. I mean, that's, that's all these 72 were doing. That's all they were doing was going out and, and proclaiming the gospel to everybody that they came across and in, in the places that they went in their way. He said the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Well, that's because Jesus appointed it so. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Whoa, 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 whoa. what? Did, did you guys hear that? Did you hear what I just heard? Did you catch what Jesus revealed about himself? Look at this. Jesus I beheld Satan, beheld something of a past tense, something of an event that happened a long time ago. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. You know what? Um, Jesus was there at the rebellion of Satan. Jesus was there at the, at the fall. Jesus was there. He was there the whole time. Jesus knows exactly who he is. Can you imagine the very frame of this man with the wisdom that he has, knowing all events of all history, standing right in front of you? Jesus was there at the beginning with the Father, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He beheld Satan's fall. And he had authority to throw him out. Verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know what? If you believe that, <laughs> if you believe that, then you would be sharing the gospel everywhere. If, if you believe that nothing can befall you, nothing can harm you unless God allow it. If, if you firmly believed in your salvation and you firmly believed in the power of your God and the Lord Jesus Christ, we'd probably be a lot different people. We would probably be a people that would be not boisterous, but bold in our faith, knowing that not even COVID could take us down unless it would be God's will that it be done. Nothing in this life could drop us because we would be, as the children of God, empowered to overcome all things. Look at what he says in 19. He wasn't talking, by the way, to his apostles as much as he was talking to this multitude of disciples, this 70, he said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You have power over Satan. 
over the enemy. You have strength through Jesus. You can carry the gospel. You can proclaim the gospel and nothing can stop you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. But in verse number 20, he says, don't rejoice in this. Don't rejoice in the fact that the spirits are subject unto you. Don't rejoice in that. Because it isn't by you. It isn't by your power. This is where the charismatic movement has gone wrong. Is that they lift themselves up and proclaim their power over these things. And ultimately they proclaim to be little Jesus is running around. That, that they are actually empowered by God in the same right as Jesus. That they can heal the sick and faith healers. And that they that they are rich in the prosperity and all of these other charismatic points that are all false because they're rejoicing in their power, in themselves. They're not rejoicing in what is actually true. It isn't this power that has been given to us by Jesus that makes us something. Not at all. Because any power that we behold that has been blessed unto us, any talent, any gifts that have been given unto us by the Father through Jesus to be exercised are exercised on the point of the blessing of our name being written down in glory. And that is what we should be rejoicing in as the children of God. Not because we were capable of doing something that wasn't us doing it in the first place. As people are healed because we have prayed for them, it wasn't anything that we have done. It was God's hand that, that people would be delivered from their, their distress and, 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 and brokennesses because we have been faithful to the scriptures by the anointing of oil and the laying on of hands in prayer isn't anything that came directly through us because it didn't have anything to do with us. It had everything to do with God's word and our obedience to him. Because the one thing that is most important about anything else is the fact that our names are written in heaven. Got a new name written down in glory. And it's because of Jesus that all things are possible. He was there in the beginning. He's there right now. And he'll be there when you cross the divide. Trust in Jesus. Oh, trust in Jesus. Father, we give you praise and thanks this day that we can rejoice in Jesus. Understanding, Lord, that no matter the talents and gifts that you have blessed us with, no matter the miracles that we've seen, happened before our eyes because of our faithfulness to your word. It was just that, Lord. It wasn't us at all. It was, it was the Spirit's grace pouring out by the power of your word connecting inside of this person. And it was you, Father, that healed them. It was you who blessed them. It was you who made the difference in their lives. And it will always be you, Lord, not us. We thank you, Father, that our names are written down in glory and that's what gives us strength to rise, to know that because our name is secure in the book of life that you have written us in, Lord, that we do not have to fear death. We do not have to fear the works of the enemy. 
We can stand boldly and proclaim thy truth, Lord, because you have protected us. Your hand has overshadowed us. We are secure in Jesus. Oh, God bless us this day that we may rejoice in thee. Amen and amen. All right, guys, God bless you. Keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. And we'll pick up tomorrow in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, where we left off today. Take care, and I'll see you then.